the few last podcasts I will do with a voice that sounds this terrible. <laughs> or this raw, raw, raw. I'm going to sound like less like I'm dying yeah. while recording. More like I'm breathing, which I'm excited for. As a death metal vocalist, I, I wish for just the opposite. But going forward, I wish you the best with that. It's the Heavy Old Podcast. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, in case you haven't guessed. This velvet-voiced man standing in front of me, sitting in front of me, just offered me a crisp Coca-Cola, but didn't open it for me. That would be creepy. It would be weird if I did that. Yeah, I'm Tom, (laughs) and I do not open my friend's Coca-Colas for them. Woo! How you doing, buddy? Doing real good. Yeah, we're casual today. Shout out to Justin. Yeah. Who who actually gave us the most informed uh, I'm not coming today he has ever given us. Yeah, it was nice to know that he's not... Uh, curled up somewhere on the side of the road or out there, uh, you know, like in his boxer shorts, having been robbed of his fishing gear at the, yeah. in the night by vagrants or something, you know. No, it's just a standard something, yeah. something work-related came yeah. up, and I it's, really can't come. Sorry, guys. Got hard-working family man, good man. He takes care of those little dogs he's got. <laughs> that family. Yeah, yeah. they're nice, man. The Tom, how are you and your family? I'm bored, Will. I'm bored and I'm mushy in my brain because I've yeah. been learning. I've been reading yeah. textbooks. Yeah, and you got the um, scratchy throat. I'm gonna be a new man in no no time, and by that I mean in lots of time. You're gonna be yeah. You're gonna be trained uh, for your for a better paying job, and you're gonna be able to speak better. Yeah, I mean the, this time next year I plan to be on the Joe Rogan podcast pretty regularly. Yeah. To talk about my life experiences. Wow, man. Well, you. I'll give you a couple of things to look up in a minute. You can practice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Will? <laughs> All right, enough of me. Seriously. <laughs> look that up. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I do a lot of the looking up. I do a lot of my own research. I'm like the, I'm like the Joe Rogan show, man. I don't have I don't have someone I can shout look I shout look that up to my cat. My cat my cat just, you know, tears up some papers. Can you pull that up, cat? Yeah, he'll pull up the shades on you, rip them up, man. No, my cat my cat's doing well. Everything's okay, man. Uh, try you know, just trying to maintain, man. Um, things are crazy right now. Uh, it's like it's, I always got little updates on the band front. People know that Afterbirth dropped a live in studio uh, session. You can go watch for free on the Afterbirth YouTube channel. It's a whole bunch of songs we cut there up at the Rock and Roll Gas Station studio. Eric and uh, Mark uh, helped us produce this vi- uh, video with professional audio and video production. Uh, live in the studio after birth, you can see. It was before I cut my hair, I look like I look like one of the vagrants that robs Justin of all of his clothes. Frequently on the beach yeah. down there. Yeah, every time he goes down there, man, he's got. I told him he's got to bring some pepper spray or something. The but, vagrants called the tide. Yeah, listen, the tides of Long Island bring many in. Um, and as I spin away on my Segway that has uh, um, buoys on it to cascade across the water. Uh, another person brought in by the shores of Long, Long Island many moons ago, uh, not necessarily a, a Long Island native, but a son of Long Island death metal nonetheless. Tonight's guest, Rich Hervey of longtime band Day of Doom, also of other Long Island bands from the past. We're going to break it all down for you. Let's talk to Rich Hervey, drummer of Day of Doom, uh, all about their new album, Doomed, and all that other stuff. Yeah. 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 
This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and today our special guest is none other than Rich Hervey, longtime drummer of Long Island death metal band Day of Doom. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm very good, man. We appreciate your time, and um, this is one, uh, you know, I've been trying to get you guys, or one of you guys, uh, in here for a while, so it, it was very serendipitous, man. Appreciate you. Shout out to, um, uh, I guess, your, uh, someone from your management team, Kat, who, who initially contacted me. Yeah, Lady Cat Chaos, and uh, she's also my fiance, and, and the glue of the operation, brother. You know what I mean? She, uh, she, she just gets everything done, and she was just like, we're gonna line someone with heavy hole. I was like, excellent, because you know I listened, just listened to the interview with our brother Fasil from Pyrexia. You know, much <laughs> much praise to the, the mighty Pyrexia, and I know we'll get into that. But um, and I was like, I was like immediately, let's go. I was like, they're not, you know, I was like that's that family. Let's make it happen. You know, hundred percent, man. And I, I do, I want to get into the backstory. Um, I don't want anyone to, 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 to think that uh, Day of Doom is uh, one of these brand new bands I'm interviewing where I'm talking to the young kids or anything like that. So right off the bat, Rich, you have, um, uh, what, what part of Long Island are you originally from? Okay, uh, Middle Island, man. Originally, I'm from Flushing. Moved okay. out here like 91. But I have family out here in Ridge for years, so I was always out here. I, when I went, I ended up going to Longwood. When I went to high school, I knew people in the high school, so it was like an easy thing. They're like, oh, shit, Rich, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm living out here now. Oh, cool, man. You know, so now it was more than just hanging out over the summer. Now it's full-time. We're hanging out. Everybody's into bands, and, you know, and we'll get into all that stuff, too. But, yeah, man, it was it, that, that's how it went down. We moved out in 91, and I've been out here in Middle Island since. And, wow. And, uh, people, talk about, people talk about Florida, but I think I grew up in my middle teenage years and adult years in like in an epicenter for sick death metal you know and i was very lucky well a hundred percent man we'll get into that you hit me with a screwball right off the top there though uh flushing queens just for the listeners who aren't from the area flushing queens that's obviously queens and middle island is a little bit deceptively named if you're not from the area because it for for a lot of people that they would consider that pretty far east long island yeah, it's one six away from hell. Exit sixty six <laughs> off the L I E. Exactly. That's what I tell people. That's it. One six away from hell. You come out. You're almost there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got. If you're gonna go, you're gonna go for it. You know. After this, who knows? I, hopefully, somewhere warmer. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know. Florida's the usual destination, man. From here, but we'll, but we'll, 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 the future's unwritten. But um. That's it. No shot. But dipping back into the past, though, going back to flushing. Any uh, the typical heavy hole question? Are you from a musical family? Any musicians that predate you and your family, or just anyone older than you that gets you into rock and metal? Absolutely, that was the that was so essential in my life. I had older cousins in our apartment building, Sal and Dominic, and uh, and my father. My father was into a lot of you know a lot of stuff: southern rock, zap. You know, it was all that stuff, all kinds of rock and stuff. My mother heavily into doo-wops and 60s music. And uh, not really so much psychedelic. They, they didn't want to be like, oh, we, we have to be all fucked up to listen to this. They wanted to listen to the music. So I always had very musical music around and entertaining stuff. So, you know, and I remember being in my neighborhood and they had a party and Wolfman Jack was there. And man, they had a party and everybody's dancing and it was always rhythm. But my older cousin, Sal, 
which is crazy. Can you imagine what I'm about to tell you now is happening today in our apartment building in the basement? He was cool with the super. So there was a, a rooms down by the boiler room where you people would hang and chill. And they paid a little extra, like as a, as a rehearsal spot. And they jammed down there. And nobody cared. They just jammed and jammed like Journey and uh, Rush and Judas Priest, you know, and like stuff like that. You know, some rock and Southern rock. My cousins, I remember having, this was the pivotal moment. Kiss Alive. <laughs> seeing the cover. Yeah. All right, and seeing it. But even more importantly, my cousin, knowing I played the drum, wanted to play the drums. And he said, sit down, Cousin Richie, listen to this. And he put on 100,000 years, and that was it. It was over. Peter Chris was the reason. That was the initiation. That was it. They say Kiss Army, all that stuff. And there's something really eerie that goes along with that, too. Kiss's first album came out February 8th, 1974, the exact day I was born. We're like hours apart. So I was literally born into the Kiss Army. So it's like a really weird coincidence. It all lines up. And my cousin Sal says to me at one point, he says, all right, Richie, get behind the kit. Yo, he had a pretty good band. These guys were, were solid, man. Three-piece. Three-piece, too. The guitarist was really solid, man. He could really play Les Paul. Really had, he was like, like that Jimmy Page um, three-style guitar player, you know, or like Bad Company. But he was really clean, and he could really play, but he was also, at the time, into Randy Rhodes. You know, and Eddie Van Halen. So this guy had all the tapping and everything. So at the time, it was like, whoa, look at this guy doing that, you know? And I, like, jam with him, jam with them. And I'm like, you know, I was like, uh, okay. You know, they actually learned some Kiss from me. So we jammed. And the first song, I went behind there. And people were like, oh, where'd you play Rock and Walnut? No, I was like, let's play 100,000 years. Like, well, Kiss a lot. I'd still play that whole thing with the whole talking bit and the whole thing. That's what I learned. Right off the bat. I didn't say, let me learn ones and twosy, ones and twosy, or one and two. That didn't happen. It was all... <laughs> and, I mean, air drumming and all this great and getting and knowing all the sounds and learning. My cousin's having endless vinyl and being like, yeah, Cousin Richie, take this. We're in the same farm building. Take this downstairs and go listen to it. I'll be listening to vinyl. And eventually, like, I still have them. They're like, here, keep them. Take them. No problem. And that was it, you know? And then meeting friends in school. What are you into? Oh, I'm into rock music. Oh, I got a drum set at my house. Okay, you know, well, all right, can we come over? Can we jam? Yeah, no problem. What do you want to play? Yeah, well, let's play, uh, I don't know, Panama. Let's play Crazy Train and let's play, uh, and then I'd be like, let's play Cold Gin. Oh, uh, okay. You know, and they look at me like I'm crazy. But, you know, and then we played faster. You know, and that was like, that was it, man. You know, that was the uh, the beginning. That's having, yeah. now, I mean, I've I've always lived in Huntington out here um, my, my whole life. I did live in an apartment building in Huntington Station for a while, but having had friends in um, in Queens and in Brooklyn and some of those, like what you picture, these high-rise apartment buildings and old-fashioned brownstones, I can't imagine oh, having yeah. a band rehearsal going on in one of those without people flipping well, out. And, I mean... Well, it was all block. It was literally called the block. It was a giant brick wall from a swimming pool behind it, and it was painted on there. It was called the block on 4th of 
July, we had giant parties. It was popcorn machines, and it was like it was <laughs> family. We all, every generations of older people, and when newer people moved in, they almost had no choice. Yeah, you know what I mean. My cousins were putting their speakers out the window, and whether you like it or not, you were listening to, you know, I don't know, Diary of a Madman that night. That's just <laughs> the way it is. If my cousins wanted to play, and everybody was down, you know what I mean, and everybody hung out, played frisbee. It was a different time, man. You know, like when when people actually went outside and hung. <laughs> yeah, we're, so we're, 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 we're talking about the 80s right now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. You know, 4th of July, best countdown to 100 on, you know, uh, you know, B, uh, BA, oh, not BA, uh, uh, which one was, uh, what was the radio stations in the city? Man, I forget all the radio, that's sad, I forgot all the radio stations. They're all different oh, now, man. man. They all switch. But yeah. you're making me, uh, dude. You're almost making me sad now. What? What? What's the connection in Middle Island? And it's. It sounds like you don't. I wouldn't want to leave the the, the block. <laughs> all right. Well, at the time, it was a matter of just I had family out here, and we just didn't like. We just wanted a little more space. I want. We wanted more like this. We just want house. Wanted our own thing. You know, and. After you live in Flushing, and people from that area will know what I'm talking about, man, I lived so close to Shea Stadium, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. You gotta deal with that nonsense right off the top, all right? And then all the airplanes, when I would, and I know this sounds like this, like maybe petty to some people, but when I would come out here, the biggest thing was not hearing all the noise. Mm. Not hearing the buses, the cars, the rump, the, the planes, especially from like in Queens, the planes going over the head all the time. I mean, all that stuff and coming out here and just being able to think. And I believe for me, especially as a creative person, I could go visit that and go to that and go to shows and it's cool and everything. But once I get on that train, I get on the LIE and I come out here and I'm like, oh, all right, cool. You know what I mean? All right, I'm ready. It's it, especially it seems more exciting to me, dude. When I go to shows and play shows in the city, it has a different buzz. I felt like when I was in, living there, it was like that was just part of it. Like you said, it's just it's second, so second nature. Yeah. Well, you know, family, family, family wanting to move and stuff, and being younger, I was like, you know, I wasn't at the point where I was just like, nah, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I was like, okay, and and it worked out great, man. Because I met some of the most amazing people, and had some of the greatest experiences that have led me down a path that I couldn't be more happy about. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, so so let's. I don't want to skip over any of that. Then so uh, the family comes out here, and what's funny, you, you said something before. There was kind of like a very um, a fate. Your birthday. Uh, you were born into the Kiss Army. It's a very serendipitous date uh, with with the Kiss album. You move out here right. in 1991, which anyone who's familiar with Long Island death metal history knows that's the year that Suffocation dropped Effigy of the Forgotten and changed that's the game it. to this day. So, that's I mean, it. I'm 39, so I'm just after that whole era, unfortunately. But, like, like take me there. You moved to Middle Island... Uh, are you old enough to get into shows? Do you meet some of like the seminal death oh, metal yeah. personalities? Like, like take take me into, into into getting into death metal Long Island style after moving out here. Oh yeah, it, it started off with like you know Sundance was still open at the time when Sundance. I was when I, you know this is this is this yeah this is before Roxy you know so um, yeah definitely I remember very early in that ninety one 
we uh, I when I came out here, my co- well, my I had family that was out here. My cousin Mike played in uh, a lot of, he, a lot of bands, man, and he also was a big time DJ around, and he did a lot of stuff. If you remember, like uh, industry and voodoo. My cousin Mike would be, uh, or if you heard of it, because I know he's yeah. like 39, right? All, Those that's, clubs that I, I, know, I was just yeah, going to it's, it, it's it, all it, the it, stuff it, that, that the older kids were talking about that I wish I got to, but I was too <laughs> young to go to, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, all right. So, yeah, right around that time, and and uh, when, I, when I got out here, man, it was great because I went to Longwood. And if people who don't know Longwood, Longwood, I mean, Mike Smith, Frank Mullen, Doug Cerrito, I mean, okay, you know what I mean? So, um, Doug has a, uh, a younger brother, Keith, and we all go to school. Keith Keith happens to be, you know, down with the death metal, obviously, and all different styles of music. We're all in classes, we're all talking, we all hit it off. One of the other people happens to be Chris Basile's cousin, Phil. Mm-hmm. Phil Selfridge, who played on Hatred, Anger, and Disgust, Okay. And uh, still friends to this day. We were better, all best friends. So we, you know, we're all still, you know, we're still cool with each other. It's like nobody's enemies or anything. I don't want to make it like that, you know. Everybody's cool. <laughs> everybody has their own life. But I mean, we still, you know, shit chat and what have you. You know, I'm, I'm the only one still besides, you know, out of all this really laying it down. I try to get them to pull them in every once in a while, but we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, getting to be around certain things and, and also those guys having their own band called The O.C., Victims of Circumstance, where the drummer was Rob Moresca, who also ended up playing in Pyrexia and on Hatred, Anger, and Disgust, and a few other releases. So it's like it all comes together, it all ties together in the craziest way. I move out here, I meet Phil, and Phil wasn't really jamming with them. He wanted to do his own thing, and, and we were all still friends and everything and talking, you know, at that point, and we're all hanging out at school. And, uh, Herbie, you know, you want to jam? Yeah, let's jam. I play guitar. Let's get together. He actually had a couple of songs. So we started a band, Sanguinary Carnage. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And that was the beginnings right there at that moment. And it was like, wow, yeah, man, I, I like this. You know, this isn't, I love Slayer, you know, and I love Exodus and, uh, you know, and all that stuff. But I was like, wow, I was like, this is, this is so much heavier. And as opposed to when people were a little turned off by the vocals, oh, I was all about it. I was like, Man, you could take that high pitch. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Kiss fan, but I mean, I, I, if you're gonna ask me if I want to hear Frank screaming and affecting the cribs or Paul Stanley screaming crazy nights, it's a no-brainer to me in my head. I want Paul Stanley. No, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> well, so right there, there's a whole lot. And you're bringing me back. I'm getting flashbacks of the fir- the very first time we had Chris Basile of Pyrexia on. Uh, the listeners can go back if they're not familiar with that because he goes into the whole high school experience. He moved out out to Middle Island or the, or that area from Brooklyn. So he kind of has like... Uh, well, yeah, he, he kind of has a similar, like, parallel experience moving out here and meeting some oh, of yeah. the people that would go on to form Pyrexia and Suffocation and all that. And you mentioned Sanguinary Carnage. I, it's very hard to find, um, but there's actually on YouTube, I guess somebody you jammed with at one point, Mike Fairley. Yeah, yeah he's Fairley, Mal- Fairley. From, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on YouTube with a, with a few of those Sanguinary Carnage tracks that are interesting to hear. Oh, yeah. They had a band back in the day, for, I think they were in Levittown, called Corpsicle. 
Corpsicle. Yeah, some people uh, I'm sure remember that. Yeah, yeah well, Krusty the Clown playing with. He, I, I, we're not going to give away people today. I, his, he always went by Krusty the Clown. He, he wanted to be known as that, so I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> and Krusty was like, dude, I remember they just played with like little gorilla amp. They just had fun. They were the epitome of it, and they would play shows with the original Crossfade from Long Island yes, with Scott Rowland yeah. and those freaks. The original Crossfade, not that pop band when someone's like Crossfade. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? No. That's not crossing. That's that's but, how uh, I feel about Incubus, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Same oh, yeah. Thing. yeah, exactly. Someone's like, I'm listening to Incubus. They put the, like, the first time out, like, I think they hear, like, was um, Holocations or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, bum, bam, bam, bum, bam. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did these guys turn into atrocity? <laughs> oh. It was, the, it, it was the 90s. That's when everyone was doing But no, they didn't. But, but, um,. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so sanguinary carnage there. I just wanted to mention that I, I, yeah. I found a couple of those things on YouTube. You mentioned Crossfade too. They their their album Ruined, or I guess their demo Ruined was recently reissued. I got the tape of that a while back. Um, yeah. uh, but but we're yeah. talking history here now. Sam Lara, right? He he's your longtime collaborator in a lot of these bands. When do you, when does he come into the fold? All right. Well, this is a really, really cool one. Um, if anybody remembers the story, none of the above. Rest in peace, Tom. Yes. And yeah. a few of the guys, a few of the, um, I think Mike from Sorrow, um, you know, the three-piece band Sorrow. They was on Roadrunner. They, uh, I think you guys talked about them. You guys talked yeah. about Sorrow. Yeah, underrated and, uh, band. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So they had none of the above right off of uh, Middle Country Road here in Long Island, and we'd go there and they have all kinds of great imports and, like, ripping corpse and yes. human remains and all, all kinds of craziness, you know, and cool T-shirts, and then have guys for Pit Magazine, and when bands would come and play, the Roxy or whatnot, they'd go in there and do signings and what. So they also had a bulletin board when he first walked in, and Tom was always so cool. Yeah, put your ad up, put your ad up. So I see there's this ad, and I was walk and I went in there, and I'm like, oh, check this dude out, you know. And I was jamming with somebody else at the time, you know. And uh, I give him a call, and it's Sam, and and he's like, hey, what's up, you know? And he said, I, I said, hey, how you doing, man? He goes, I live in Bayshore. I go, okay. Now you ready for this, everybody? It's gonna blow your mind. So Sam recorded some vocals on onto a cassette tape that we sent him <laughs> in the mail. Not through an email, in the mail. So we sent Sam a cassette tape in the mail. We went old school. His father had some recording equipment with a karaoke machine. And Sam decided he was going to use that thing and bounce back and forth and do some homemade tracking where you basically lose sound quality and get the hiss. But you're tracking in a sense. Old school way of doing it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he sends us back the tape and that's it. And then he also says, hey, I got this jam spot. Are you sure? You know, we can jam here. He had this really cool spot, like a barn. And that was like 93, 90, late 92. Yeah, like late 92. Okay. And uh, and here we are, man. Ever since, I mean, I'm sure we'll go through the other, the other bands involved, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave. You know, I'll stop right there. It's, <laughs> now we're on over 30 years of just complete thorough insanity. All, you know? all starting from a barn in Bayshore. I love it, man. Shout to Bayshore. Bayshore recently came up when we talked to Jimmy. Jimmy and Pat are uh, uh, Bayshore guys uh, from Needle Pusher, the band Needle Pusher. 
Um, oh, excellent, excellent. And my drummer Keith Harris from uh, uh, Afterbirth. Um, I, I, obviously, you know, I'm not the original Afterbirth singer because I'm a little bit younger than them. But they they were they were around probably for your era back then. Uh, but Keith's from uh, um, Bayshore, man, too. Bayshore, a lot of a lot yeah. of people throughout the years, man. I've known. Uh, so. Uh-huh. So, so moving along now with Sanguinary Carnage, like I said, there's a few kind of rough rehearsal tracks um, uh, that, that uh, an ex-band member had put on YouTube. Uh, but the official yep. demo on Metal Archives is listed as Black, I think Blackest blackest Blood or uh, what, what was it? But is, is there a real release that ever came out? Yeah, that's, they, they, we tried to get them to correct this. That's been wrong. Actually, this is what it was. There was actually a one song from Sanguinary that was done called Immortally Arisen, which was Mike Farrelly, Jay Luna, Ray Holmes, and myself. And the singer was this guy, Demian Porter, was an absolute freak, a cool, great guy, all great guys, still friends with all a bunch of them to this day. Um, and uh, we recorded that one song. Damn, we did some of those. Those were just rehearsals that you were hearing there. That's who you were hearing there. That's Demi and doing that vocals. I can even like you hear, I think on there is like a sunshine, your love, a bunch yeah. of jamming, it's kids, you know, and stuff. And when I heard it, where people were like, why did you put that up? I was just like, I didn't even know you had that, man. That is cool, dude, you know? So that's, that was cool to hear. And then after that is when it started to morph and then it turned into, uh, well, I guess sanguinary, and then there was a little bit of an exuviate, and then there was eventually the main one ended up being butchery. That was the main goal yes. for the chunk of the year. Yeah, I I remember butchery. I was in a band in the late nineties, cursed cursed earth, uh, based out of Queens. Earth. Yeah, yeah. And we performed mm-hmm. with butchery a few times when April um, was singing for the band. Was Castle yeah, Heights? Yeah, Castle Heights, and I think even Crawdads. That's right, I remember. Yeah. Um, yes, yes a, I remember. There was a few shows. So April, for the people who were around in the in the scene who remember her, is is a kind of a, a very memorable person in the Long Island death metal community. And for the people who don't know, she was er- a very early on a female death metal vocalist when that wasn't as common a thing. And it was um, uh, it it, it kind of got a lot of attention. Also, her personality and her way of presenting herself, her stage presence, she set herself aside in a lot of ways. Can you t- take me through a little bit just um, how how that person ca- comes into the fold and what it was like working with her? All right. Um, well, that, that was up and down, and uh, I guess it led to Day of Doom, and I'll get to that right now. We we were a four piece. It was me, Sam, Doug Randazzo, and uh, a, a guy named Eric on bass. Now Sam was singing, and Doug was doing backups, and it was sounding tight. It was really sounding sick. Um, Doug knew April uh, for for a long time, and uh, one night he gave me a call and said, "Hey, you want to hang? You want to chill?" So he had a friend with him and said, "Okay, and, you know." It was, Basically, you know, very, you know how it is when we were younger, let's just go, I ain't all right. So, long story short, I have an opinion, he goes, yo, she could sing. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, put, put something, put this on. And he puts on uh, Monstrosity, Imperial Doom. I, well, I put on Imperial Doom, because he asked me, he said, do you have, when he called me, he said, you got Imperial Doom? I said, yeah, of course I got Imperial Doom. So, I, we, I bring the CD, I pop it in the change, and uh, I throw it, and she starts screaming. 
and she's in the back. I have a geo tracker at this point with a with a hard top, so it's just echoing in there. She's screaming, and I look at him, and I'm like, "Yo, this is this is insane." You know what I mean? And I know people were like, "Oh, if you looked at her, because they were like, oh, look at her with her blonde hair,' and and you know, a, a lot of dudes were like, "Oh, she's so sexy," and this and that. Bro, I gotta tell everybody that don't mean shit to me. You know, I, it was important that, it, that if you listen back and you close your eyes, she's screaming her face off. You know, yep. in every aspect, and and she and she did that, and she did it relentlessly. She let you know. She looked at the crowd and some of the videos that are out there, and she'd stare at them to the point where we decided to end our shows where she huh. had this whole thing that she wrote. And I don't know if you remember, and we would just stop, and she would go on and do like two paragraphs and just start screaming and working herself up, and she would let out the scream to end the show. And it's like, I still haven't heard anybody do... The only time I seen something like that was like one of those, uh, I don't know what you call it, where they do poetry and they start yelling and screaming and stuff, and they get really worked, you know, I forgot what it's called. But you, I think you know what I mean. And uh, so yeah. something like that... But it was very like emotional to it, and I gotta tell you, you know. And as far as that went towards the end, there she got very undependable. She just wasn't dependable, and thing other things became more important in life for her that I wasn't down with. And he, they really wanted to continue to make it go and make it try to work. Where I was just like, this ain't happening. And I finally had to put my foot down. I say, yes, we have to make a decision, boys. Is it going to be, you know, dealing with this nonsense you're dealing with her, or are you going to jump back behind the mic and let's make this happen? And it's that didn't happen, and they wanted to do that, and it, I just and I and I am not a person who cowers down or says, "Oh, I said I'm done. I'm not going to do nothing." Or you got me. No, I was like, "I'm going to start this new thing." That's it. So you know, and that's what, and and it had to go, and I had to do it. It wasn't it wasn't revenge just in that or anything like that. It was just I had to because. I'm just what I can't be just defleeted like that. You know what I mean? We I put a lot of work into that band and a lot of stuff. I mean, got a recording afterwards under Exuviate. There's an, here's another little thing too. They put out a, a recording called Exu as Exuviate, and it says uh, former butchery drummer. Okay, well that's me. <laughs> okay, and the recording, which is really weird, that in the beginning years ago really bothered me because. Dude, it was very early in triggers. I didn't know how to use them. They didn't know how to use them. We were recording jams and recording ourselves live to get used to it. That all went on in the midst of getting ready to record all that music. And I just stepped away from the whole thing and they went out and they used that recording. Now there's misfires on the kicks with the triggers. If people don't know what that means, that means it's doing like double firing and double hits and stuff. I listen now and I laugh at it. At the time though, man, I was pissed because i went to that store none of the above and i saw it and i said tom what's this you know and and, and he threw it on for me but now as time goes on and we're all friends and everything it's 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 nothing it's 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 actually great to have it's like yeah. i'm kind of glad they did it it's, it's history you know we all can have it you know so it's awesome in that way but no nah, so it, it, they went and they did their own thing and it didn't work out for a while and they they moved into let's see oh I'm trying to think man it was like crazy it's like Chris Casillo told me many years ago brother death metal on Long Island's like it's like volleyball death metal volleyball everybody's going round and round and round and round it's the you truth know what I mean yeah it's the, truth. It, it's the truth that was years ago and it's just the way it goes you know what I mean but but there's no like contempt 
And no one's like venomous towards you. We're all cool with helping each other. It's almost like the whole Florida scene. Why not, man? We're all here. We're stuck here together. We might as well make it happen. You know, uh, 100%, man. And um, I appreciate that because that butchery and exuviate was something that was going on when I was a teenager, man. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate the insight into that a little bit, and especially the none of the above talk, because that's something I did catch in my teens uh, and into my early 20s a little bit was none of the above records uh, out east there. Yeah. So as we move forward, I know uh, before we go too far, I want to I want to shout out Doug Randazzo. Um, because he was uh, involved, as you said, uh, in, in butchery and exuviate and even Day of Doom up to a point. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe take us back in history through him coming into the fold, just like you did with Sam? Okay, well, uh, Doug, I went to school with a guy named Ray Holmes, younger guy. Actually, just an absolute prodigy. It's free, I mean, Hobbs has seen him, everybody's seen this, so I've checked this, even as a kid. One of those people, you're just like, wow. Like, there he went there. We have, you know, Sound Beach over here. He went to Sound Beach Music. Guy, he had mono. His mother rented him a, a, a violin. I go to, we, you know, he's starting to feel better. I go to his house. I walk up. I think I'm listening to him, listen to classical music as he would normally, and then listen to you, and then listen to Human Remains. But no, it was him playing. So, you know, Doug, and then Doug started jamming because Doug uh, ran, they, I mean, uh, Ray, excuse me, Ray started jamming with Doug. They got friendly through uh, uh, another guy. Um, I think he actually knew Doug through uh, Jim Randall and, and a couple of the guys, Gene Brohan from uh, Accursed. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Now you drop it. We've talked about a curse too. For the listeners, go back to the tapes. Oh, Jimmy Randall. Yeah. Oh, those. That's all. Those are all brothers. Gene, all those dudes. Yeah. So Ray yeah. was jamming with them a little bit, so Doug was looking for somebody. Then they started jamming. So Ray and I, we always hung. And one night, Doug came by, and he's like, "Hey, what do you?" Do? And it was literally that natural. Yo, you want to jam? Yeah, let's jam, man. I'll bring my amp. Okay, let's get. And that's it. We started writing. Thing, you know. What Ray is going away to school, and you know he's you know you know he's done great with his life. I'm very happy for him, and he went to music school and you know business school and everything. And Doug and I just kept it up, and we and and Sam, we just kept just kept rolling through that whole yeah. thing. We just kept jamming, just kept jamming, just kept jamming, and and then um, excuse me, uh, you know even afterwards when they were done with Exuviate and. They asked, I mean, you know, whenever, when I left uh, Butchery, okay, and that kind of went that way, they ended up with, they started uh, Grotescophoria, which is very cool, too. So yes. that's like a whole, you know, a whole nother branch that, you know, I was telling Sam, he's got to get, you know, get on with you, and, and we got to have a discussion sometime, but he filled me on some, in on some stuff, and so Doug, Doug, they just, started jamming and didn't want to do their own thing. The uh, bass player, Eric, he ended up uh, moving, and I uh, really don't know what happened to him. April, April, uh, you know, went through some stuff in her life, and as far as I last heard, you know, she things have straightened up and things have been positive, and that's all I could ask for for her, you know what I mean, which is cool. Good for her, um, And then... Yeah, man, no doubt. And then um, as far as Doug goes, and then, you know, they they had, I was just doing stuff by myself while they were jamming with Grotesque Euphoria in the beginning there. And it was, uh, Eric was in there in the beginning, because I know they went through a couple of different things where I don't know the whole history where Sam played bass and then they had a different bass player. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. 
And I know Leo from Immortal Suffering. What's up? Shout out to Leo and everybody in Immortal Suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, Leo was in there, and they and they put out some great stuff. You know, and uh, it didn't work with them. Something happened. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I was at work. The, the um, I actually worked with uh, Doug Sarita. So I was working with Torito and um, I got a call and I'm like, yo, I'm going to call for And I answer it, you know, everything with music was always cool with us. You know, it was like that, that you could stop and take a call for something, you know what I mean? It was cool. But um, he's like, I'm not jamming with them. Do you want to jam? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's see what's up. You know what I mean? We got together and before you know it, we're working on the first album, Night of Horror. And that leads to how, again, like I said, I was working with Cerrito Doug Cerrito and and then asking Doug, you know, hey Doug, would you jam on this play on you know, drop some leads and then it turned into, yo, how about I just help mix and engineer the rest of the because I did the drums. Those were electronic drums. I did them in my condo and they came out pretty good for back in that day. Cerrito he, he tweaked them in his studio, you know, he was like, I tell you, pretty, this is pretty good for you know, for fucking this you know, putting this together like this. I was like, I know, I was really surprised. And then <laughs> We went into his studio and we did the guitars and the bass and the vocals there and, and for Night of Horror. And it was like, yo, this is sick, you know? And uh, that, that's where the day of doom, that's it, 99. Ever since then, that's what it's been. Okay, all right. So, and you, I just want to, uh, you mentioned Sam. I do want to get Sam uh, in eventually. And your album, I got to, you know, we should say... The, you know, you just talked about the very beginning of Day of Doom, and part of the reason why we're having you on here is because you're about to release uh, Doomed, your sixth album, if I got it right, and that's gonna, that's coming out May 13th of this year, so I do want to get Sam in before that. You know, maybe like uh, uh, right in May, right before it drops, we'll get Sam in to tell, uh, to tell his side of things. Um, no doubt. No uh, doubt, but, no doubt. But while we got you... Uh, and you mentioned Grotesque Euphoria, great band, another band I remember from growing up here on Long Island and going to shows, um, one that still sticks in my memory. But again, like I said, we'll get Sam in, we'll talk to him. Um, but Day, Day of Doom now, yeah, you guys kind of just kept it going straight through the 2000s, right to today. I mean, the band legitimately has been around over 20 years, kind of um, quietly just dropping material and material and material, right? Uh, yeah, just like Metallica wrote, lurking beneath the sea. You know what I mean? We just—that's it. You know, I mean, I mean, we know what it is. It's it's death metal, not death metal. You know what I mean? That's another one that's floated around out here for a long time, and yeah, wow, we do it because we love it. I mean, it's not—it's it, not the only thing we play. It's not the only thing we listen to. Obviously, you know, I mean, it, that but dude, this is—it's in me. It's like where people are like, I'm going to be, you know, coming up into my fifties, and where most people be like ah oh, you know i gotta tune down i'm just like nah man i gotta get heel toe down and i gotta play i gotta get faster you know what Hell i yeah. mean that's Hell just yeah. the way I, that's just the way i am that's just the way it's got to be adapt or die man and Hell that's yeah. what i gotta do and and that's it and luckily the people i that i've associated with especially at this point you know and it, it, amazing players but even more amazing people that's what's cool you know, just being down and new friendships and things growing out of it. And then you got sick tracks on top of it. Get about it. It's <laughs> evil. Well, evil. that's and, and well, that's the thing is, as I, I say that respectfully because I know what it is. And, and it's not, I laugh when you say debt metal for the listeners. That's D-E-B-T metal. And it's something yeah. we 
it's you know we we're all obviously uh, you know lifelong lovers of this type of music, but we got to be real here on Long Island. This is one of the most expensive places to live uh, in in the United oh, yeah. States, and it's and it's tough, and it's just over overpopulated. People have a bad attitude, and you throw trying to trying to make your passion into something that doesn't make money. It's it's crazy out here, but. So I know what you mean, man. I actually I I heard that that phrase credited to Doug Bone from Pyrexia. But, oh, yeah, I, but I, you know you want to know what? Oh, Bones! I can see Bones. That then you know what? Then I will not doubt that one bit. I can see Bones coming up with that. Totally. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. But that, that's what Basile told me. For you me, old man. scholars, that, I was want to say this for you old scholars were to say he must eat. Ask Basile about that. He'll tell you about that. Okay. <laughs> well, He'll fill well, you in. We, well, Basile's bound to be bad. Turn up. He comes on uh, every few months, practically, man. And sh- yeah, shout to them with that new album and, and the whole deal, man. Pyrex. No doubt. Oh, yeah. But, so happy. So happy. But, but we're here to talk about your new album, man. So, uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up with the debt metal. But um, uh, you, you talked about, you know, kind of being uh, um, uh, like lurking beneath the sea and all that sort of thing but what i noticed with day of doom i kind of reviewed your albums over the last few days and i had recommended live insanity to people who want to familiarize themselves with the band because it gives you a taste of what the band is really capable of as a tight unit working together live you know what i mean it's it's a it's a good sampler but when you listen to the albums you guys put a lot of production and atmosphere into it and and i noticed like there's keyboards there's intros there's you know there's a lot of and i even think like with the last is it the last three albums there's like something thematically that's like a trilogy type of thing it's actually been the last five less okay that's what you were saying yeah so yeah yeah you, the last five man it, yeah do you think it gives you a little bit more freedom to kind of do what you want with your imagination not trying to stay competitive in a touring market and having a single and a, a record label, you know, things like that? Yeah, I um, I welcome that. I have no problem with, with trying. That would be a nice challenge, you know what I mean, musically, to have to compete in that kind of market. But as far as what this is, this is just putting something out that is going to be completely insane and has to stay true to what we do from the beginning. I mean, if, there's nothing worse than someone trying to sell somebody on something that, you know, they don't really believe in. Mm. It's like, come on, man. Come on. You, like, no, you, we've, seen, we've seen some, and now it, it's funny now that some of these older bands and you hear them talk about past albums. And when we were younger, it's like, I don't know if they put a lot into this. You know, and they're like, this is our <laughs> best album ever. You know, and then you see them 30 years later, and they're like, this album is shit. We didn't put any work into this. We had a tour. It was a record tour, record tour. And you get a better feel for it. You know what I mean? But, bro, I, I, I really am telling you, like, all in all, I think that this is the best thing that I've ever played on ever in my life. Well, I... I got to tell you, I listened to the new single. Uh, you really, you have, there's one single we should say. People want to check all this stuff out. Um, most of your uh, albums are on Bandcamp. The single "Of a Feeble Mind" is available now for people to listen to uh, from the album. And listening to that after just finishing listening to the previous album, "Epitaph of the Dark Lord" from 2019, I got to say, there's a huge jump in production. And I guess part of that could be your... Is is Matt Mapplebeck a new member for this album? 
Yeah, and and you know, real quick, I I would be uh, remiss if I if I I actually didn't actually answer your question there. Yes, it was refreshing, bro, to go yeah. all new on this. Totally, and mm -hmm. you know, and uh, as far as the production, yeah, Matt Matt came into the picture. Sam and Matt, um, which will also be good to have maybe even uh, them on for something when you have uh, Sam on. They have their own band called Once Immortal. Hmm. And uh, they're on Bandcamp, and they're not death metal. You know, I don't want anybody to be, you know, miss, you know, miss They're not death metal. What they are, I don't know, but I love it. Interesting. It's, okay, it's weird. It's 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 all. It's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's got, you know, yeah. And the good thing is, is uh, I might be doing some drums with them, so it allows me to also open up my musical horizons and not, and not everything have to be, you know, 200 BPMs and <laughs> screaming and yelling and actually, you know, maybe use a gigantic bass drum and not have, you know, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, that's cool too. But Sam, when he uh, moved to Florida, because originally I would started this with Doug and somebody else and it just didn't work out and, um, you know, altered on whatever. And I still, like I said earlier, I couldn't just quit. You know, I, I had all this stuff worked out and I reached out to Sam and he was settled in Florida. And I see, well, you know, I've been looking for somebody. I found, you know, I've been working jamming with Matt. So he takes him some Matt over some stuff and Matt's been recording with Sam the once immortal. And he's like, wow, you know, yeah. He's like, I have no problem if you want it. Sam, you can track. So it was intended just to be me and Sam. That's it on the whole thing for this new album. Said, okay. And Sam and I went over it and we discussed the, the game plan. So I sent Matt the drum tracks. Excuse me. And um, I get a message back from him. Now, here's the, the great thing. He played death metal before. He listened to us and some recommendations, Gorguts, Human Remains, Suffocation, Morbid Angel, all the DS, you know, DSI, you, you know what I mean? We said some stuff, some weird stuff. You know, he was already into a lot of a lot of heavier stuff, you know, you know, Slayer, Pantera, and, and so on and so forth. But again, never played death metal. But he's from Florida. So as, as Hobbs told me, it, it's in their blood, Herbie, it's in their blood. You know what I mean? So, it was, so he says to me, hey, Rich, do you mind if I uh, throw some riffs over this song, over this track? I'm like, yeah, go for it, man. And he's like, well, you know, I don't play death metal. If you don't like it, I'll understand. You know what I mean? I know. I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna do your thing, man. And he sends me a track, sends me a song, the song "If I Was God." That was the first one he worked on. And my next question was, yo, do you want to do the rest of the production, handling handling the production, production and engineering on all the recordings? This one, I did the drums at our old studio in Bayshore by Sam's uh, and when, when he was out here and the vocals were done here. And uh, the rest, the backing vocals and bass and so, stuff and so on and so forth, a lot of that stuff was done and the rest was done in Florida, except for the, the guest solos. And um, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, dude, you can hand, do you want to do this? He's like, yeah, I, I want to try to do this. I said, okay. The next thing you know, Matt is a learner, man. The guy is one of those people, if you, I, I have told him this, dude, if you just drop a bunch of airplane parts on his lawn, dude, in like a week, you're up in the air. This guy will figure out how to get this plane together and get you going, dude. He went into a rabbit hole and he started learning stuff. Andy Sneap, 
Zeus, mixing, mastering. I mean, he knew stuff, but he was like, he had, so, dude, he listened to Suffo, he listened to all the newer productions, and he was like, I I like your other stuff, but tough sounds better. And he was like, it's got it. He's like, we, we got to bring out the tone. Dude, he cared about it. Yeah. He cared yeah. about it, man. I was like, yes, man, all right. And he uh, would send me tracks, and it, to sometimes where you would have to wait a little longer. But hey, man, sometimes if you want that that great chili, I know when cats making a great chili. You know, if I want it five minutes, I'll put it in the microwave. If I want it to taste great, she's there for a, a chunk of time making it and doing the right thing. You know, it takes some seasoning, it takes a little time to brew, and then we get these tracks, bro. They'd be on point. And then he would say to me, "I think it could be better." I'm like, okay, you know, well, okay, man, we're going to make the symbol work more brighter. Nobody said that to me before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I have a problem with this China. I have a problem with this China. I have a problem with that floor, Tom. It's wooming on me. It sounds like it's, it's, it sounds like it's wooming. It's farting. We got we to gotta do something with this one. <laughs> what can we do here? I'm like, whoa, okay, all right. And then on top of it, the dude never played death metal. So, so Sam's jamming to it. I say to Sam, yo, did you hear the new thing in the match then? And he's like... And we have a group message, and Sam leaves. So you don't know how to play death metal? Hmm. Okay. He goes, I think we're being set up, Rich. I think he's a ringer. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, because somebody, but dude, it was so great. Because, you know, you get people come down sometimes, and they're like, yeah, I, I can't do this. This is, I, you know, I could play Seek and Destroy, but I can't. You know, this is way over my head. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, this guy just went for it. I mean, to the point where I was like, Dude, he, he's playing some, he's playing like older songs. He's to play Lustful Blood. He's like, yeah, I, I can get this down. I can learn it. Where there's nobody showing him. Sam's not even there. He's just listening to it. He's a musician. He's an engineer. He's got a great ear. And uh, he had a lot of great ideas to the point where we have another song on the album called The Perception of Death that is very cinematic. And it's a definitely, a, it's like a thing that should not be. It's slower for us. Not doomy, you know, just slower and heavier and uh sam's like um you know man i heard all like the soundscape stuff and things you came up with and i was like yo that wasn't me man that's all Matt. <laughs> he's like yo so he's like i wanted it to try to be in your style your flavor i was like yo check this dude out man you know what i mean so and i would have to say yo dude out of all the ideas that we bounced off each other out of this whole time the, the year or whatever it was and we worked on it and all these them work and then working on their own band stuff i must say at the same exact time dude it was like two or three ideas that didn't work so yeah it was, and it was like it was like panning stuff you know it, it sounds like so it sounds like it's safe to say that this guy was a real godsend to the band he really you know really reinvigorated things he kind of took it he wasn't just producing it or helping out he kind of took the band and ran with it Yo, dude, can I tell you something? <clears throat> to be honest, the most important part of all of it is is we're all, it's like we got a new friend out of it, a new brother out of it. I can go to Florida and chill with them. And yeah. not only worry about jamming, like we're barbecue. We talk about each other's families. He's into sports. He's into vinyl, things that Sam, Sam's not really into vinyl. He's not really a sports guy. You know, I could, I could talk to him. He's, a Bill, he's <laughs> in Florida, but he's a Bills fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we can have these discussions. Like, screw you, Giants. You know, I'll just, I'll just you know, say Norwood to him. And he gets pissed off. But we joke. You know, and I got to tell you, you know, the stuff that happened in the beginning of this album, it was very negative, especially with everything that's going on 
and having some family tragedy and mine and my family's life during this, it, it was really like, it was, it was bitter, man, you know, very negative. And it all turned into a positive, all of it, you know, this straight all the way to the top, meeting him, Sam and them getting tighter, the, the, the everything with the music, you know, becoming fr better friends, meeting new people, just it, and then the end result, it's like, it, it, I, I couldn't be happier, man. Like I said, I think I'm the proudest, and because this was the hardest. Okay, man. Ex wow, the, that's that's a great attitude to have. It's great to hear that. And now, could you take us into with all this talk about the album, the the concept that's been going on? I guess with with this album and the prior four albums. All right. Well. Not really with this one. This one is its own entity. The other ones was the story of the Dark Lord and the struggle. Like if you take uh, Night of Horror, Night of Horror is the very beginning. Something starts to go wrong. All hell breaks loose and humanity is in an uproar. Okay. And then you get to Slaves to Insanity. Slaves to Insanity, basically. Pick side picking. Somebody's got, somebody always is going to think they're right. Somebody's always going to think somebody's wrong. It doesn't matter. It was a tug of war, you know, whether it's between good and evil. And then you have, uh, well, I'm trying to remember, uh, the gate to hell. Eventually, there has to be a bad, uh, a, a, a negative side to this because so many negative things going on. Only There can only, at least at that point, it seemed there could be only a negative outcome. You're going to end up in your this, you know, being to, you know, a fiery eternity, you know, fiery eternity. And then you get to the descent of humanity. <clears throat> and that right there had a lot to do with a lot of stuff where I was getting people saying, oh, you know, you know what they like to say, like when Slayer put out their album before, you know, um, you know what happened. And, and, and he said, oh, they were like... Uh, Profits and what happened? No, they was it was luck. You know, what I mean, watching the world burn, descending humanity. You know what that is? Yo, that's me being aware. That's what that is. You know, it's not so much about monsters because everybody sees that kind of thing. They see the monsters and they see the imagery and they don't really want to think about the real awareness of it and some of the things, the underlining things that maybe, you know, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but you know, it also helps to listen to other people. I like to learn. I'm not right about everything, as, as, but, you know, this is the way it's going to work, you know, and in Descent Humanity, it started to show right there, okay, there's some, there's some, there's some whack stuff going on here, and then we started to have fun on that album, like, there's a 21 minute and 12 second song, and that was straight up a tribute to Rush, huh. you know what I mean, and it worked out perfect, and it went over a lot of people's heads, but hey, man, I just gave it to everybody, after all these years, I think I can give it up now. So we had fun like that. And then uh, then we got into Epitaph. And the Descending Humanity was really like the the uh, the end, kind of, in a sense. Like, it was grim. It's not, you know, it's not happy, you know? And uh, Epitaph was the beginning, the prequel, telling the story of the Dark Lord. Like, why did, why did he take this path? Why did he go this route? And then after a while, I'm going to be completely honest with you, dude. I just got stale with it. I needed to talk. I needed to write. I write all the lyrics. I need to write something different, man. 
I just need my brain to go somewhere else, especially where I was feeling, not just thinking, but feeling a different way. Yeah, yeah. So what thematically is doomed dealing with? Um, It's actually nothing in particular. It's all individual. Each song has a certain different thing. Um, Where... Every album you have Night of Horror and so on, like I like I said, where even the title, one word, doomed. No of this or the this, this one word done. And then even it's weird uh, if you look at the album covers of those prior ones, the logo is in the center. It may not be in the same spot, but the logo is in the center and so is the title. And if you look at Doomed, the logo's up in the corner and the and the, and the title's in the corner now. We even went away from that. Totally. So, <clears throat> I mean, Doomed, uh, it's pretty much self-explanatory. It uh, is, you know, we're, uh, we're in a world of shit. Anybody wants to lie to you, I, I don't know. You know, if you want to listen to them, well, then you just may, may be of a feeble mind. Huh. You, you see where I'm going with that? You know what I mean? There's, you know, but that song too. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the, the guest spots on there, or you want me to go through the songs. But you know, however, you know, we can go. I can, we can yeah. touch on this. Yeah, yeah. no. While, while you're going, keep going, man. Let's let's talk about the guest spots. Okay. Well, Doom has my brother Joe Hervey on it, which is one of the greatest things that I'm, I'm happy to be able to have this in our life now. Like I said, a negative. Unfortunately, my sister passed away this year. Uh, love you, Barry. We miss you. And um. Uh, you know, for my mother to be able to have this with the two of us on here. You know what I mean? She loves it. My, my, mom, my mom knows who Dream Theater is. And my mom, she used to babysit Raina, Frank Mullen's daughter. My mother knows Pop. My mother knows everybody. Cerrito, you know what I mean? My, my mother's on video singing, you know, uh, Legion of Imperosity and sent it to Cerrito and all of them on during Christmas, you know? So it's like, she's down. My mom. My mom's cool as shit, you know. Cool. She let me to go. To, let me go to makeup and kiss school and kiss makeup, dude. You know what I mean? She's like, is he doing his work? Yeah, there's a shit. Leave him alone. But what? You know, thought he's a cool kid in class. I don't know what to tell you, but um, so we have my brother on there, and dude, he lays these solos down that is very like Henneman and Kingish, you know, and he just went ballistic, and it's just very great. It's a, it's a excellent to be able to have that. For the two of us in our lives and uh not only that the song is insane sam uh i gotta tell you this too sam played the guitar and bass on the songs he played and matt played guitar and bass matt, dude he didn't only play the guitar he played the bass on his songs too which is crazy and and for a guy i wanted i wanted this because i know matt's gonna hear this hey matt not too shabby for a guy who says he's a rhythm player and doesn't play any leads dude he <laughs> dropped some leads on there that you're like I, okay, I guess you're not a lead player, you know, it's like one of those things, I'm sure you've dealt with that, where, you know, the guitarist is like, I don't know if I can do this, I can't, you know, and then you listen back, and you're like, then you realize that's pretty sick, right? Yeah, you gotta like, be- believe in yourself, well, 100%. Yeah, yeah, like, like, let's like, make it happy, but dude, but then, you know, he just laid it down, man, you know, well, he's got the, he's, he's Malcolm Young, dude, he's Malcolm <laughs> Young, he's just like, I want him back, I just want, I just want to be tight, play super tight and I want to hold it down I'm like alright there's nothing wrong with that okay you can make that happen and then that next was If I Was God and uh, that was the first song we did that's me and Matt on that one and that one is uh, 
you know, a person basically say, no, if I was God, I wouldn't be, you know, that's, and you'll, know, a lot of the, I, I wish a lot of people would read the lyrics to these songs. I work really hard on them and a lot of them have different, like you were touching on different meanings. Like the next one is corporate swine. And immediately people say, oh, you know, uh, we have, it's, it could be about, uh, you know, this company or that company. Now, this has been going on for years. Don't don't be don't be you know fooled. This this because you see some major corporations now. This has been going on since before any of us were even thought of. So it goes deeper. So you know you don't want to drink the wine of the corporate swine. You know that's what that's about. And it goes into inside shadows, which this song was cool because I got to dive deep about it, you know um, the inner inner awareness that inside shadow the or shadows. So there could be multiple times where there comes that moment where that decision, that 10 seconds, things can go either way. And it depends on who's inside of you at that moment, who's going to come out or what's happening to you is going to determine what's going to come out and who's going to come out. Sometimes it's better to leave them in the shadows. Brother, I do want to tell you this. Do you, do you want to know what the most um, monumental, I guess you could say, um, wow, deep moment about the whole thing with that song was insanely having my brother Terrence Hobbs drop the most insane solos on yeah that well that's that winding yeah winding right back to the guest parts that that's uh, Terrence Hobbs obviously of suffocation everyone knows who he is um uh he he makes a guest appearance on the album absolutely um doomication <laughs> we joke around and say you know I mean years i've known hobbs obviously we talked in the beginning with you know from parties and whatnot and jamming and shows and everything i mean whatever family things i mean the, the you know everything in life you know always be bros and uh here's herbie what are we gonna do i remember they played with morbid angel at uh gramercy and hobbs was outside and we we're outside and i leaned in i said the next one and he said, what's up? He goes, it's done. And I said, the next one. I said, get ready. And he said, okay, I got you. And I said, all right. And we started working on it. And I sent him little things here and there. And I said, I'm, 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 I got a spot for you. I said, I, I hear Haas, Haas, I hear you all over it, bro. And he goes, okay. So um, we're working on stuff. And I just want to send a shout, go out and check out that live in North America. The production on that album, that live album is tight. Um, I forgot, uh, from Cryptopsy, oh, what's his name, did the production on there. I'm sorry, man, I'm forgetting your name, brother. But he did a great job, and uh, you know, I was talking to him about that, and I said, all right, it's time. Let's do it. And he said, all right, hit me off the track. So I sent him a track, and they, you know, they're working at Hobbs, if you guys don't know, that he was doing a lot of interviews. He was blowing it up. They were out there really promoting that, you know, the, the way... Like some people should get some school lessons right there. That's how you get out there and do it. And, uh, you know, he was uh, busting it. So, you know, he was very busy. And I sent him a message and I said, yo, we're, we're near the end. Uh, like what time frame are you thinking? And he's like, oh, I've got done this weekend. He's like, I'm sorry. You know, I said, no, no problem. You know, you're doing your thing. It's more, more important. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here, man. And he, I get the file and he goes, all right, let me know what you think. Okay, yeah. So I take it and I open it up and I listen to it. Yeah, I think my face hurt from smiling. 
that's you know because i'm in the studio and i have the reference monitors and it just sounded so insane and i was like um listen i think i think i can work with this <laughs> so i think this is okay bro you know and he was like oh you like it i'm like yeah man it's sick what are you talking about dude you know it's, yeah it's, it's awesome so uh, yeah and then he's on inside shadows and he lights it up man on that yeah. Hell yeah, man. So yeah, so you got <clears throat> Terrence Hobbs. You got a very special personal track where your brother was able to come through. Um, I'm very sorry to hear that 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 news about your sister. By the way, my condolences. But at, at, you know, Thank you, at, at, of course, at least you were able to turn that into um, uh, an opportunity to do something like you said that that song. And, and your and your mother appreciates that. That's awesome. Now, now getting into something else, I had to point out about the band. Listening to all your material the last few days. Um, you know, yeah, Terrence Hobbs is on, is on it. You guys are like old school Long Island guys, uh, to, you know, to the bone, but you don't necessarily follow that typical path of pyrexia, suffocation, IB, what people associate and kind of stereotype Long Island death metal as you guys. I mean, if anything, like the, the word doom day of doom, you guys doom it out a lot. You guys slow it down. And I'm even reminded, yeah, like man. You, you mentioned Sorrow before, the old band, uh, the old Long Island band Sorrow. I got to point them and maybe even like Winter as kind of like a, like maybe a reference for people, like that slow grinding uh, but still low vocals and brutal death metal atmosphere. Can you just give us a little word, like where does that come from? Um, is that a conscious decision? And, you know, like, like, like that compared to like what people might as- assume a Long Island band sounds like? All right, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'll tell you this, man, um, right off the top, I want to say thank you, because that, from the very get-go, yo, man, I went to school with these people, I, I hung out, ate dinner at their house, what if bands think that Suffocation and all these other bands, they think they don't know when you're just playing their riffs backwards, you know what I mean? I, I was not going to be that. I didn't want to be that. I never, I'm a KISS fan. I never wanted to put on makeup and spit fire, you know? <laughs> I wanted to do my own thing. I go, uh, for me, personally, and uh, no offense to anybody, but I never wanted to be a band from Long Island that sounds like suffocation. It just, just doesn't work for me. It's, it's like, like I was saying about their uh, Sam and Matt's new band, Once Immortal. Why, it, it's not death metal. Why would I want to play in another death metal band? I can, I'm already in a sick fucking death metal band, I believe. So why, you know, I want to broaden my horizons. I want to do different things. Not that I wouldn't help people out and stuff. I'm saying like, if I'm going to go knee deep and go deep, it's like, yo, man, I, I, I want to do other things. But uh, uh, I just didn't feel like, you know, playing some of the stuff, I mean, there's, some of the stuff is reminiscent, I guess, you know, some people will say, I mean, especially on a new album, there's, there's a couple of screens where I purposely did kind of like a tribute to Frank. I mean, known these guys for years, you know, respect to Frank, you know what I mean? He screamed his face off all these years, you know? I mean, he went from the dude, that skinny dude in the, in the sweatpants on effigy to, you know, ready to, you know, rip your face off, you know, for well, 40 years later. So it's like, Come on, man. Or, you know, it's like you got to give respect. So you, you throw little things in like this to your friends. But I, I just I just could not feel comfortable trying to emulate my rip my friends off. That's what it really is. 
You know, I yeah. forgot the second yeah. half. It was part of what you said. If you can remind me of that, no, 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 no. That was- no, you got you got into it, man. I was just I was, well, I was just wanted to get more specific about how you guys tend to, in addition to building atmosphere and having faster oh, death oh. metal parts, you do the slow, uh, doomy shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually kind of making a comeback nowadays. Is the slow doom style? So I mean, I, if we want to talk about the roots of that and how you get into that. Okay, well, dude, this is going to maybe blow your mind, but I really, um, I can't speak for Doug and Sam and those guys, but um, I know Sam in particular, when you hear those slower, like, wham, wow, and he does those whammy bends and stuff, I mean, that, that's like homage to, like, the Morbid Angel, slower Morbid yeah, Angel yeah. Than, and, and Gorgas, you know, especially... For me, when I hear, like, the big opens, I mean, and again, I, that's cool. I've heard people say, like, which is cool. I've heard, you know, I've checked them out. You know, I have no problem with winter and stuff like that, which is cool because it's not intended, but still it kind of has that. So I was like, and I got, and again, I learned about something new. I never really listened to them. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, man. Okay, I can see why people say that, you know what I mean? But it wasn't intended. It was very natural, you know? So that's yeah. why I think people tend to, you know, when I tell that to people, they're like, Really? I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, because those big open notes, yo, man, that's ripping corpse to me. Bang! You know, chugging pus, you know? Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah. Because, dude, the major influence for me, let's, let's, if you, the most underrated is, is, is New Jersey. I mean, we talk yes. about Florida, we talk about New Jersey, you've got to talk about human remains, ripping corpse, um, Demonacy. Um, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Lane Te- I mean, and Lane Tesh, I mean, they were like a ripping corpse kind of style band. I mean, New Jersey was just holding it down. Some of the sickest music was coming out of there. Mortal Decay. Very Mortal Decay. Yeah. How did we leave them out? Right? Mortal yeah. Decay, exactly. You know, this is yeah. insane. And they said a whole nother, and they did, they ended up doing their whole, a whole new style too. Oh, uh, Dying, no, no, wait. Was Dying Fetus in Jersey at first? I, I think they were Baltimore, uh, D.C. area. Baltimore? Yeah. But, oh, you're right. You're right. Misery Index, right. Then they came Misery Index, right. That's but, you, you know, you're right. But, uh, the Jersey, people sleep on uh, the old school Jersey. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, you know, and, and you remains played out here a lot because uh, Jay Fligman, who was managing Suffocation, was going to manage you remains, and they played at Sparks with them a lot. I mean, I remember the show... It was pyrexia, human remains, uh, suffocation, and social disease. Hmm. Jay Flickman? Yeah, from uh, Destroyed by Anger. Yeah, that's that's somebody I got to try to look up because he came up... I, I actually want to say that he might have come up when we interviewed Eric Burke. Or it was somebody who was talking about Rochester and the old school, how human remains used to go up to... Uh, all these different oh, places. Oh, you, you had Eric Burke of oh, uh, Solico. You had them. Oh, man. That's, yeah. Dude, I just had them on yesterday. Love those, dude. Dude, Refugee. Hard to write yes. with a little hand. That was yeah. one of the best things that stuff. Dude, Cerrito would come back with all CDs and demos and stuff. But that was probably the best thing, and no offense to anybody, that he ever got on the road. He took that out. And that, if some people don't know, that's members of Mastodon. Like, Bron, isn't it? he's called Dumbass in there, and he's wearing a little bow tie. But yeah, that, if you could look up the album, it's hard to write with a little hand from yeah. Lesson. You, yeah. your head will be blown off. Well, the the listeners, if you're not familiar, the listeners can go back. It was a while ago. It was over a year ago now that we had Eric Burke on. He told his whole story. But I, I feel like Jake Flickman came up because there was a connection between Human Remains going up there and 
Oh yeah, uh, and the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the sound spreading. I don't, know, but that guy's definitely come up in the conversation before, man. With that old school, because yeah. Human Remains got out there too, man. And and you're so right with that old old school Jersey thing, man. So, but something something too that we got to include here. We've talked about you playing drums. Uh, playing drums for the first time over there in the apartments uh, in Queens. Uh, who cares if the neighbors don't like it? All that sort of thing. Right. But what about people might not realize, have you always done vocals for Day of Doom? No, no, no. Um, let's see. In the beginning, I've always loved singing. It was writing lyrics always down. I mean, love screaming, you know. But we always like, let's get a singer. Sam sang, and he sounded sick. And Doug was like, I'll do backups. I'm like, okay, cool. And they just went ahead and they started doing it in the beginning. Then when we did Night of Horror, I was already working on it with Doug. And I said, why don't we, uh, I'll do like the highs, you do a chunk of the lows. You know what I mean? And Cerrito suggested that too, which is actually, that's another thing too, is like, man, we've got Doug Cerrito and Terrence. Now the next thing is I got to talk to both of them on the next album and get them both to do tra- a trade-off old-school Suffolk style on the next day. Wow, wow. Yeah. We'll make it happen somehow, everybody. We got to make it happen somehow. But, um, you know, Cerrito was like, yeah, Herbie, maybe you should do the highs. You know, and we, and we worked on it that way. And then the one after that, uh, oh, what is that? Slaves. Yeah, Slaves. I sang on it originally. Um, some stuff went on within the band that, you know, shit happens i guess and the record label wanted to release both of them which ended up being uh the second coming with both on the one album and i said all right cool but they were like this this uh you know person we don't want to deal with them i said all right well i got all the drum tracks sam and doug being the warriors they were uh, at that moment they were like we'll re-record it i'm like okay and I'm like, I, you want to see you sing, man? You know, it'd be great. And he's like, okay, you do backups. All right, so here we So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's basically a lot of sand on that one. So you get that little mix. And then we went into, uh, uh, what was it? The Gates of Hell. The Gates of Hell was me and Doug. Now, that was done before Sam was in the band. So people have asked me, how did Sam sing on the second album if he was, did he go in and out? And I go, no, we, we had a, we re-recorded all the guitars and vocals for, for that album. So it can be re-released onto this thing. And uh, so that's how Sam got on that. But originally it was me singing on that. And I do, we have, we have, we have versions of that that we may release in the future. We got to see what the deal is with that. But, uh, and then uh, the Gates, I just went for it. I was like, I'm gonna, I told Doug, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream, you do some crazy backups with me. He said, okay, let's do it. And then uh, Descent, it was kind of like Sam really wanted to, you know, like let loose again, you know, and we could tell like when he got back into the band and uh, at that point, because Sam was, you know, he was, he was still jamming with Grotesque and we we actually reconnected with like hey you want to get together and have you know i'm gonna have a barbecue you want maybe you want to come by all right yeah we'll see what's up you know and then it turned into uh you know what are you guys doing you guys and you know no no pressure no nothing and it just turned into i'm gonna bring my gear down we're gonna light it up okay i mean it was like that it was literally that simple and uh it's been non-stop since and he he really has put in a lot of work and he really went nuts on descent 
I got to tell you, man, he, he really did. Cause I think he also, we, we also knew that he was moving at the time, you know, getting ready to, and you know how it is on Long Island, putting a house on the market. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It could be next week. It could be two years from now. You know, so that's kind of what happened. So it went, so now we lead into uh, Epitaph. And, you know, Sam's like, all right, you know, at that point, we know he's going to Florida, but it was like, kind of like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to do the vocals on this one. I'm going to light it up. I'm going to get back into it. And then when we discussed this for this album, we, Sam clearly said, dude, your vocals are sounding sick. You really need to keep going with it. It's getting more powerful. And then he added some backups that he wanted to add a little flavor and, and he wanted to try to do a different voice for himself. You know, because I did a lot of the highs and lows on it, and even different voices. I, I've had to become, like in, in uh, the song Inside Shadows, the shadows speak, in a sense. So if it sounded like the way I sing in, sang in my regular death metal voice in, in, on the album, I mean, you know, for the most part, it wouldn't show any character. It wouldn't show, the words wouldn't have as much meaning. So I needed to take on a different form in a sense yeah. you know it's like yeah. vocal bipolar or something like that that's what sam said he was like he's like you got like different personalities or something huh. and i said i think the words are calling for it because if, if i don't if you if someone is saying hey i'm gonna kill you and they go hey i'm gonna kill you or they're like i'm gonna kill you the way you accentuate it means a whole lot man you know you know that better than anybody you know it's like the way you pronounce it the way you say it the way you emphasize it so I need to come up with these different things and different voices. And as much as I love my drumming and everything like that, I'm really proud of how I really went and pushed it in different ways with the vocals. And I wasn't just comfortable with, okay, I'm just going to keep this. I'm going to keep this pattern and this vocal. I'm going to keep this. I, I want this to sound weird. And if I have to do this all over again, I'm going to. Yeah, no, well, like, that was the other thing. You know, no, like, settle, no settle. Yeah, and that speaks to just, I think, how, um, like, listeners, when they listen to this interview and they go back, they can go to the uh, your Day of Doom band camp and all the materials there. Like you said, the first two albums are collected on uh, the, the Second Coming compilation and then all the other stuff is there. And there's a great deal of atmosphere and variety and originality kind of in the sound, man. Even sometimes, like, the way the tempos uh, switch and all that sort of thing. So people can check that out. Like we said, in May... Uh, May 13th, the new album, Doomed, is going to drop, and the, the single of A Feeble Mind is out now for people to listen to. we got to talk to Sam at some point and get him in here to talk okay. about some of this stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate your time. We've been going for a long time now, uh, and I want to be respectful of your time. So just with Day of Doom, we, I feel like we covered a lot about the new album and your history. Now, going forward, I know the band recorded the live album, Live Insanity, from 2017, which I'm a fan of. Are there plans, you know, Sam, obviously you said Sam, and now your other member, Matt Mappelbeck, live in Florida. Are there any intentions even to play live, or are you guys kind of settling into it as a studio project? We'd love to play live, but obviously with the situation the way it is, not just with us being in different states, it's the uncertainty of what's going on. Of course. It's, you know, we, you know, I mean, I know, I know uh, Matt's kids are in school. Sam's got younger ones. It's, it's basically life logistics. That's what yeah. it boils down to. I, I would like to do this with them. And I think that he, we may even be able to find a couple other people and to even just make it a little, you know, a little more insane. And uh, we, 
I would love to do it, man. That That's what it is. It's about playing live and seeing humans. You know what I mean? But I will say this. Again, I've used this before. You got to adapt or die. We're living in a different time in a different world. And so you got you to gotta think not only outside the box. You got to think in that box, around the box, on top of the box, under the box. Like with this new release with Doom that we're doing the pre-order right now, you get the one song on Bandcamp. It's exclusive through there. Why? Because part of this is being transparent with people, man. That's where we make our most from. These other sites, these other companies, these other streaming places, they're all great. They're fine and dandy. But they're, they're, they're just musical business cards for us at this point. Yeah. Let's just be realistic about yeah. it. Okay, yeah. you, you could be, you could go out and tell your friend, oh, I'm in a band. Yeah, yeah. You say, yo, yo, I don't want to say she'll go off. You say her name and bam, your band's playing, and they think you're a rock star. And yeah, like, yo, and you go, yeah, you just listen to a penny sucker. What are you yeah. talking about? You know what I mean? It's like you know that's the reality of it. You know, and and but Bandcamp, you know, again, you got to think as a musician, you got to think about okay, they're doing the right thing. You know, they're looking out for the musician. They have those Fridays. They're trying to do the right thing, because again, I, I have a life, I have a family, I got stuff going on. I do it. We all of us, we do because we love it. And if we can make a little bit and we can put it back towards our band that we love doing, and we can make some cool stuff for the fans that we want to have too, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think people just don't want to be transparent. They try to give you some, you know, oh, it's great to do this. No, all right, people ask me, why did you put it on Bandcamp? That's why. The other thing is this, all those bonuses that I can put in there, there's like all the lyrics and videos and, and, and you know, I, I added like 17 extra things when you get the digital download. You know, I know people don't want it. Some people are like, I only want hard copies. Well, you know what? I, I got to tell you, the numbers don't prove that. <laughs> and for people like I, I have, you know, I, you know, we run, you know, I started three demons records and if anybody out there has their own independent thing, there ain't nothing worse than stock, you know? So the numbers, you know, it's not just me personally, you know, it's the biggest bands, people, that's why people have turned to like independent distributors, you know, print on demand companies because you don't want to be stuck with stuff, man, unless you're going on tour and, and, and people don't understand they, they're like, I, right, now I only want a hard copy. Well, you know what I mean? You know, people got to realize, you know what I mean? That this is a crazy world. If I would have put this out on vinyl, we're looking close to the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah. of what's going on. Yeah, you I better... mean, what? We could be working on new music. Let's get something out. What, you, I mean, don't fight it. Again, adapt to die. Digital is here. This is it. You know what I mean? I've seen this all. I mean, I mean, come on. I saw my mother yell. She didn't want to get rid of the cord on the telephone. This <laughs> is what, you know, come on now. This is, this is, this is, this is what it is. You just got to, again, adapt to die. The, the videos, the things I see Chris doing, you know, from Pyrexy, doing the videos, keeping updates. You got to do these things. This is part of it. It's not, and, and, and if you have somebody in the band who has the gift of gab and they can do it and they have a personality, you know what? Let them do it. Don't feel like you're not involved. You can still give them an idea and say, yo, maybe we can mention this, whatever. Because not everybody wants to be up front like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I want to put that out there to everybody. You know what I mean? If you're in a band, you know what I mean? Not everybody wants to, you know, some people just want to be a part, a slice of the, slice of the pig. Some people just want to be the whole pig. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I got to ask you now, The as we wind down, could you, and I'll give you the opportunity to promote and plug anything else as we go on, but um, the, the, the usual wind down question, recommend something old and recommend something new for the listeners and for me to check out, uh, you know, relatively, just in your opinion. Okay, old. I'm going to say go check out 
an album you're saying? Yeah, song. album, What's demo, that? EP. It just hey, anything to look up on YouTube or whatever, man. Just, you know, something to check out. Okay. Go check out uh, Dreaming with the Dead from Ripping Corpse. Wow, yeah, classic. It's, it's, it's timeless. It's classic. It's New Jersey. I mean, because we talk about Long Island. We're from Long Island. We got to throw, throw something another way. You know, we could have we could have said we could have said sermon, we could have said leaves, we could have and I know people get on breeding, but breeding the, the music on there is insane. Yes. If you sit down and listen to it. Um, we could have went that route. But we're gonna go with definitely check out as far as new. Oh man, let me think. All right. I'm really digging Hideous Divinity. They're Hideous a great Divinity. band. Yeah. Hideous Divinity. They're such a great band out of Italy. Um, let's see who else. Oh my goodness! Oh, if we're gonna go. Oh, ah oh, man, I was gonna say old school, but old school, but new. Can we throw this in there? Yeah. Yo, that new Exodus fucking rips. All, all hail Tom fucking Hunting, the most underrated thrash drummer of all time. Okay, dude. All hail Exodus and Zotra. Come on with the vocals, throwing down those lows. That true. You know what I mean? So yeah, th- there you go. Check check those out, man. You know what I mean? I, I will definitely check out the new Exodus, bro. I, yeah, I'm always trying to check out the newer albums by some of those legacy metal bands, man. That slipped under my radar. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check that out. Definitely awesome. Another thing, I think uh, Unmerciful. Um, they're not newer, but I mean, I've been listening to them. This band, Unmerciful, they're okay. been sick too. This this. There's a lot out there, folks, and there are some really... It's like Neil said, though. You have to figure this out for yourself. There's performers and portrayers. Mm. So, you know, yeah. figure it out for yourself. You'll, you'll know, you'll know who, who rises for you. It's who your ears like, you know, and, and you'll find it from there. Some people may be like, they put on Rippy Corpse, and they may be like, what is this? And where I'm just like, that is one of the greatest albums to ever come out, ever. Yeah, you know. in in metal history, man. It's unfortunately, I yeah. think there's an issue with repressing it from the original label or something like that. Very unfortunate. Great, great old Maze Records. Yeah, uh, good thing I think uh, Biohazard was on there too. Wow, yeah, Biohazard had the deal. That's why their deal they had to do some different cover or whatever. But yeah, Ripping Corpse. I'd love to see that on vinyl. Let's go oh. out there if somebody can get that done. <laughs> Rich Hervey, drummer and vocalist of Day of Doom, um, uh, Long Island OG in the scene. I appreciate all of your time you've given us and all of your stories. Uh, it's been great. I'm looking forward to that album, Doomed. We're going to try to speak with Sam before that comes out. And just one more time for the listeners, that's your sixth full-length album, Doomed, um, the single of A Feeble Mind of which is now available on Bandcamp. The whole album's coming out May 13th, Day of Doom from Long Island. Any parting words, uh, last things you want to promote or plug or anything like that, just for listeners of the band and listeners of the show? Yeah, definitely. I want to say thank you to you and everybody involved for all the hard work. And definitely, this, uh, seriously, dude, during this time, it's under under uh, spoken about how podcasts, fanzines, radio stations have been more of an important part important part of the music person's or listeners or creative music person's life more than ever i've listened to so many different podcasts whether it be i'm doing something i'm doing work and it's there it's it's really 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 
helped a lot of people. And what you're doing, I want to, and what everybody's doing, I want to say, everybody, keep it up. You're fucking killing it. We need <laughs> this. This is the new way. Seriously, man, I'm yeah. serious. I watch so many different things. Like you said, there's so many things that you could watch and listen to that are going to corrupt your mind. Why not listen to real people talking about real shit? That's yeah. what it's about. Because that when you because when you hear because when you hear real people talking about real stuff, then you start to learn real things. You start to know where people are coming from and what's going on. And and that's why I just wanted to say that first, man. Thank you so much. We greatly, from everybody involved in the scene, we greatly appreciate that. But you can head over to the band camp, of course. We got all that stuff there. You can go over to YouTube, to DoomTube, Facebook, hit the shop button. We'll take you to the store. We got new shirts up in there. Anybody for interviews and uh, anything like that, hit up uh, Lady Cat Chaos at Casperia Promotional Management. And uh, brother, man, this is great. I, I really, really appreciate this more than you know. I appreciate your time, Rich, man. That, yeah, that's awesome, man. We encourage everybody to check all that stuff out. Um, and humbling uh, words, I appreciate the compliments, man. We just like to think that um, in terms of underground metal, we're not taking away the mystery but increasing the depth. That's how I like to look at it, man. So. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. man. You know that that's that's all, man. Uh Rich Hervey a day of doom. Appreciate your time, brother. You have a great night. You too, brother. Be well. was a lot thank you to rich hervey uh for that informational uh talk all about um his work in the long island death metal scene and other people's uh appreciate his insight about um his own bands and uh, the local scene out here man and what it was like for him uh also that new album coming out we got a lot of insight into that people can watch for that doomed album by day of doom um and you can go to their band camp for uh, a bunch of their other material just like we talked about and that single uh, for, for the new album. And you can also check out the other bands we talked about, Grotesque Euphoria, Butchery, Exuviate, um, uh, Sanguinary Carnage, if you can even find that, man. A long legacy of Long Island Death Metal. We're hoping we get some of those other guys involved in those bands in um, coming up soon, too. So big shout-out to Rich Harvey, man, and Day of Doom. Thanks to those guys. Living on Long Island is pretty cool. It must be really cool for those of you who do not live here. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, we do we do all this Long Island stuff. It's actually like a, out of a desperate attempt to support one another because we all know how depressing it is living <laughs> here and trying to be involved in underground metal, man. But yeah, I imagine like if you don't live in Long Island, mm-hmm. or even if you're not from the states, like Long Island death metal might sound pretty cool on this podcast. Yeah, I probably want to visit it. <laughs> no, I'd love to go visit Long Island for the death yeah. metal culture. Yeah, guess I'd- what? Come for the traffic, stay for the traffic. But yeah, before you know, there's gonna be suffocation fans uh, in other countries wearing like four, like uh, four ninety five shirts, <laughs> Northern State Parkway shirts, or something like Oof. that. That we're known like it'll be known for the traffic. People will be having yeah. traffic jams in other countries, blasting internal bleeding just to celebrate lo- Long Island. Like somewhere else that is not Long Island, doing a Long Island themed death metal festival called Traffic Jam. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, Tom. We got to zip it up now because now you're giving away good ideas. A lot of secrets. I already trademarked that. I'm doing it right now. So yeah, I, I already called it. up Jan Rodmacher. We're gonna go German with it. Okay. They got the open air festivals over there. Yeah, we need to practice what they're doing there with their open air. All right. Listen. Speaking of open air, thanks a lot to Rich Hervey for airing it out today. Uh, he gave us a long conversation. He recommended some stuff, so I think we got enough room to cut it off. We might actually get cut off like the voicemail guys do sometimes right now. Yeah, but uh, if, if you want to try your luck, 631-837-3274 if you don't want to get cut off. Wow. We, we passed that back and forth real good. I like that. It was kind of like a, a vintage Long Island Ducks game. Believe it or not, we're getting better at this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we better not be getting worse at it. Uh, 2022 is the year. Um, we appreciate your support. If you want to go to Patreon and do that, we got more bonus episodes coming. I promise. <laughs> like a greasy salesman. Uh, Heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, thank you very much to Rich Hervey and Day of Doom. We look forward to their new album, Doomed, coming straight at you. Check them out on social media and Bandcamp for all that info. Uh, and that's about it, man. I'm trying to think of a way to close out, but I can't think of one. Like-